on our mountain experiences. And uh, we'd like to, uh, I'd like to read to you from Genesis uh, chapter 22. And we are looking at Mount Moriah. Uh, Genesis chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abram. He said to him, Abram, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abram got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abram uh, looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. You'll worship, and then we will come back to you. Abram took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abram, Father, yes, my son. Abram replied, The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, But where is the lamb of the burnt offering? Abram answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar and on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abram, Abram, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, but because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abram looked up, and there in the, th- in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed, uh, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abram called that place the Lord will provide. And so this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will, it will provide. The angel of the Lord called to Abram from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the, on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. This is the word of God. And we say thank you, Lord, for your word. Um, Mount Moriah. At the bottom is the Wailing Wall, and then on top is the Dome. And it's a controversial place because the Muslims and the Jews both fight for that place. It's a place we read about constantly, 
And if any of you have been there, has anybody been there? I'm sure there's quite a few of the people that have been there. And I remember going to Israel and going there. And, um, you know, Israel is very hot. And I had to be walking around. And as we went up, um, we needed, uh, we couldn't go in to that section. We needed to put on a specific, um, like a cassock that covered your head and your arms and your feet uh, because you can't go in there with shorts. And it was just a funny place, um, not a funny place, but a place that, uh, if I think back at it now, um, is quite something. A place that has been going for thousands and thousands of years. A place where David um, bought, uh, bought a piece of ground um, and where he paid 15 uh, pounds uh, of gold shekels and where Solomon built the temple, where Jesus, just around the corner, was sacrificed and crucified, very close to Mount Moriah. And then Abram. Abram, who was a person that God trusted, a person that God wanted to build his kingdom and do his will. The main portion of this is that there's a promise that God kept. And I'd like to know from you, have any of you ever told a promise or kept a promise or not kept a promise? <laughs> have, you, have you said you're going to do something and then you don't do it? Eh? Can I just see some hands because I don't want to be the only person Yeah. There's so often we make a promise and we know that, um, sure, we've, we've actually, we haven't kept that promise, eh? And what happens when that happens? You feel bad, eh? You feel terrible. You know that you have, um, you've actually, in a, in, in, indirectly, you've actually, um, you've told a lie. Because, or you, maybe you just weren't able to get there. I'm not sure what the situation was. But I know when, um, with, my, with my, my niece, one day I said to her I would be there uh, for a special occasion. And um, I wasn't. And it really made me feel really bad. And later that day, she phoned. And she said, Uncle Ralphie, Where were you? You promised that you'd be there. And I waited and I looked the whole time and you were not there. And all I could say was I was very sorry. And she replied, don't do it again. <laughs> don't do it again. I want to read you a story about a man called Russell uh, Herman and about his last will and testament. And this happened in America in 1994. He was 67 years old and he was a carpenter. And in his testament, he bequeathed the following 
2.4 billion to the town council. 2.4 billion to the city of East uh, St. Louis. 1.5 billion for projects in southern Illinois. And a final act of unprecedented generosity, he left 6 trillion to the Federal Reserve Bank to pay off national debt. Okay? And the problem with that whole thing is that he only owned a car. <laughs> and so the problem or the thing that we can learn from that is that um, Russell, Russell Herman may not have left behind anything of monetary value, but he did leave us all with a good reminder you can't give away what you don't possess. The bottom line is that he did not have the resources to make any of this a reality. However, our God can. Because when God makes a promise, he keeps that promise. A couple of months ago, or a couple of years ago, I asked Ed to come forward. Can you remember Ed? And I asked Ed, and I said to Ed, okay, well, if this is a promise, it's very easy to, to break a promise, okay? And so, if you can imagine this is a promise, and I'm not keeping it, it is very easy to break a promise. However, we know that our God never, never, ever breaks promises. In the Bible itself, there are over 7,000 promises that God has made. And if I'd ask you to come and try and break His promise, just by actually coming and tearing this Bible in one shot, it would be almost impossible. Unless you were Ed. And you could, you could do that. But I think the last time I had, I had, I had like a pile of, pile of paper here and 7,000. Imagine putting every, every promise is one piece of paper. 7,000 pieces of paper. How would you ever be able to rip that up? Today we learn about Abram and we learn about how mighty God is. I don't know if you know, but Jess is pregnant. <laughs> and she's 24 weeks pregnant. And this is the best and the most amazing time of our lives. And we can't wait for that baby to come. But I read this passage, and there's a few similarities uh, with, with Abram. And I think to myself, sure. This is, this is, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. I don't know if I'd be obedient enough to take that child and walk for three days with him, not telling him that I'm actually going to sacrifice him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Abram is 100 years old and his wife Sarah is 90 years old? Can you imagine having a child at that age? Hey? <laughs> and a lot of you that are sitting here have grandchildren. 
which is an amazing thing. But at the age of 100, to have your, or your second child, but your first, your own child, can you imagine what must have gone through the, his mind? Poor Abram, the person that God had put into place and said, you, I make a promise with today that you are going to be the father of millions of people. There's that song, Father Abraham had many, and I was going to ask you to sing it, um, and we could do the, the, all the, the moves. Um, but Father Abraham, can you imagine what went through his mind? God saying, I want you to take your son, the one you love, and I want you to sacrifice him, a burnt sacrifice, on Mount Moriah. Sure. The worst thing is, nowhere does it say that he told his wife. Okay, nowhere did it say that he said to Sarah, look, this is what's going to happen. And if you were a wife, or if I told my wife this is what's going to happen, I can assure you that she would not allow it. She would not allow it, not because she wasn't faithful, but it is her child, it is the one that, is, that she bore for nine months. And God doesn't make, the Bible doesn't make mention of that. But I can just imagine... Abraham getting all these things together. And if it was me, maybe I wouldn't have done the same thing. Maybe I wouldn't have, I would have procrastinated so much. Saying, God, are you sure? Are you sure I need to sacrifice my son, the one that I've waited for over 25 years for, because that's when you first made the promise. And now you want me to sacrifice him? I would have packed that wood. It would have taken me a week or a month or a year. But this is the amazing thing that Abraham does. The next day, he wakes up and he prepares. Because he's obedient to God. He prepares and he cuts down the wood. He makes sure there's a fire that he's able to carry. He makes sure that there's a sharp knife. He makes sure that there's somebody to help him and his son to get to that place. He prepares. If it was me, I would have pro procrastinated. I don't know what you would have done. But I think we, we're all similar. But, and when they get to that mountain, three days, it took them three days. And when they get there, he says to the slaves, he says to, just wait here. And he takes his son and they start moving and he gives his son all the wood to carry and he takes the knife and the, and the fire and off they go. And his son says to him, he says, Dad, we've got the fire, we've got the wood, we've got the knife, where's the lamb? And this is what Abraham says. He says, God will provide. 
God will provide. Not saying to him, you are, but God will provide. And I can just imagine what's going through his mind at that point. Can you imagine? Three days ago, something happened to you. And you're on the way to the top of the mountain. And you have to give up something. There's something in your heart that is breaking, that, you are, that, that is hurting, that, is, that you are uncomfortable with. But you don't want to give it up. You get to the top of the mountain and you make that altar. You put down the firewood, you put down the fire, and then you take your son and you bound him and you put him on top of that fire. Eh? I don't know if I can do it, <laughs> if that was the case. But are you able to take what, is, what, what you have to give to God in obedience today? To give to God. Can you do that? Can you give of what needs to, needs to be given over to God? And as he takes that knife, and as he's going to slaughter his son, the angel of God says, stop. Don't hurt your lightly. Don't hurt him because you have shown that you love him, that you will do anything for God. Sure. And I can just, I can just, can you feel, Abram, can you feel that anxiety just saying, <sighs> and he looks up and there's a ram, there's a ram and he says, thank you, Lord. And he takes that ram and he, he comes and he slaughters that ram and he gives God the thank you. Hmm. See, God provides. God also provided his one and only son for you and for me. Not just for this group here, because they're beautiful. But because for this group here, because they're just as beautiful. He provided for every single person. He gave His one and only Son to be the ultimate sacrifice. So that we don't have to sacrifice anymore. But that Jesus got crucified on that cross for you and for me. Some people say it's only certain people that Jesus died for. But let me tell you, it's for every single body. Every single person in this world. Seven billion of us and all those that have gone before us. One Jesus. One life. One sacrifice. But here's the most amazing thing is that Jesus had promised Abram that he would provide that he would look after and that he would be the father of the nation. So he never broke his promise. Not like you and me. We break promises all the time. And then we ask for forgiveness. But God never breaks his promise. Never ever. And that's the most amazing thing ever. My niece, she's 12 years old now. Okay. And I love her to bits. And I've made a promise 
for myself never to ever break that promise again. And I've also made a promise to Jesus to be better every day. Because he, he died on that cross for you and for me. So, don't take anything for granted. But at the same time, progress in your mountain. Go up. Follow that mountain. Walk up that hill. Because when you get there, like Mark said, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful life for you and for me.